Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today are Mike and Lisa of Gelsey Academy headquarters coming to us from South Wales. Guys, what's going on? How are you today? Hello. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Good afternoon here in the States. Good <laughs> evening for you. Uh, it's exciting to have you on here. I, I really enjoy the chance to compare and contrast U.S.-based businesses with international businesses. I think there's a lot to learn and a lot of information to exchange in terms of how we operate. Before we get into that conversation, guys, I'm a big believer in context. And so GAH Jim is the reason that we're here today. But why don't you fill our listeners in on a little bit about this business and this gym? What is GAH in your own words? Well, really what it is, is a family run gym that's open to everybody. And when I say family run, it's obviously husband and wife. Um, our son is um, a big, big part of JH and the Gelsey Academy um, because he's a videographer and he obviously then has come through bodybuilding and everything with us. He's come along and our daughter is a very big part of our staff member as well. And because we run it, as the family we welcome everybody as part of the family um, and i think that's a really big thing that um gh is known for it's the welcome the atmosphere the equipment and everything else that goes with the family and every member that's part of our gym is an extended member of our family um, to the extent some of them at times have actually been sat around the dinner table with us so um i think that's our main thing um sometimes a little too similar to family <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and a very big extended family but that's what we love yeah that's the thing with yeah. any staff that we take on board the main thing for us yes there's men the mundane things like cleaning and other duties they need to do yeah we can train them, show them what to do. But the main thing for us is how they treat the customers. You know, mm. every single person who walks through the door gets a hello. Everybody gets a goodbye. Yeah, we understand not everybody wants to have sit and have conversations in the reception area of the gym. Some people do. Some people don't, you know, but it's just that friendly atmosphere. Yeah, don't get me wrong. When they go into the gym, they're there to do some work. Yeah. Um, but it's the, the way we sort of say that it's a, a gym where people come to work hard, but within that friendly yeah. environment as well. And I think really yeah. from, um, on the back end of lockdown, I don't know how it's been uh, with you in the States, but our teenagers that are now coming into the 17, 18 year olds are really quite um, withdrawn. So, of course, the thing is... It's, it, that's something we really do push to make sure we encourage them to feel welcome, but also that they can communicate. Because I'm finding as we're going through the 17, 18-year-olds, they only seem, only seem to communicate via a, 
a message. <laughs> That's a conversation that could take us hours and hours that is yeah. far beyond the scope of this podcast. But so I, I, I tend to agree with you. I yeah. find that that people in our industry, of course, it's about the fitness, right? There's no, there's no question that the sets and the reps are important here. But it's bigger than that. There are there are somewhat noble intentions when people go into our industry. And at the heart of it, it's to help people. Right? Yes. You guys, the the goal of all of this, how can we provide a space and a service so that people can better themselves and we can work as a community together? I'm completely on board with it. Get a little philosophical with me for a minute here, guys. Take us back in your, your gym ownership brain. Tell me the, the favorite part of operating this business so far and what's been the hardest part about operating this business so far? Well, I think the, the best part for me is <laughs> my mobile phone that just got through across the room. Um, the best part for me is to say is watching people grow. And I don't mean physically, I mean mentally in their, um, their, you know, their confidence, their ability, as they say, to communicate. But of course, this journey for us started a long, long time ago, but the facility we're in now um, has turned out to be a consequence of a fire we had um, in 2019, yes. which obviously completely demolished our lives in an instance. To stand there and watch a facility that we painstakingly grew for years and years and years, just burned down in front of our eyes, that was literally crippling you know and being yeah. absolutely more than aware that there was nothing whatsoever we could do to stop it nothing yeah um, a lot of people that i speak to would have been happy to wipe their hands clean while we did our best it is what it is but you guys came back we we forged oh. on and figured out how to continue this business i don't think that was ever an option no for us it was just like right we're doing this i mean for me like uh, lisa carried on personal training within a week after the fire then i was looking for new premises etc there were times when i said i'm done i mean yeah. we've got friends um in dubai um while i think within two months of the fire, we went to Dubai for a week to personal train. I mean, and they pay big money out there. So that, that gave us a little bit of income to kind of keep going. But mm -hmm. at one time I said, right, let's just get on a plane and move to Dubai because I knew we could make yeah. a lot of money. But as Lisa said, well... And then I said, yeah, that's great today. That's today. I said, that'll be fine tomorrow. I said, but what one was 60? Well, when we're 70, I can't keep going to Dubai and doing personal training in the 60s and 70s. We need to start to think about the long term. We need to think about pensions. We need to think about how uh, we get through the rest I of our life. It's lost in our industry a lot. It's everybody yeah. lives for today. Everybody. Yeah. You know? But Especially, I, I find that that's even more common scenario in the personal training space. We're so concerned about filling up our book of business and, and having as many clients and as many sessions as we can. But we get to a point where we can't take on any more clients and we're only making money if we're training. And if we're not training, we're not making money. And so at some point, 
yeah. the, the end goal, the retirement or whatever the next step is, that it becomes really hard to see that next step if all that we're doing is just getting through the day. I couldn't agree with you guys more. And I mean, the thing is for me, um, as Mike said, personal training is my business and obviously the gym is our business. So I'd be personal training 12, 14 hours a day. Fine, no problem. I just keep going and going. But then that, that watching those flames and that fire, that was a realization is nothing, including me, is invincible. You have to think and you have to put things in place because tomorrow it can all be gone. And it was literally within minutes watching our business disappear in front of our eyes. But as Mike said, coming back was never an option. It was just how fast we could come back. That was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I want to I explore how we were able to do that, guys, because obviously having your location burned to the ground would shake some people mentally a little bit. But once we were in that new location, COVID hit, we've got a whole new brand of, of challenges. Everyone that listens to this show, everyone in the industry is sick of talking about COVID. So fast forward to when we were able to actually operate restriction free, what worked for you guys and what didn't work for you guys in a marketing front to get some people into the business? I think that's where I think the one thing that's where we need in some areas to get better at is certain aspects of marketing. Um, as Lisa said earlier, our son, he's a professional videographer now. He does work all around the UK. So we're quite lucky he'll come to our gym once a week and we'll, we, we can, we, last week he came, I think it was last Wednesday or Thursday, he came down, we were literally filming, it was probably for less than half an hour, but we've got six, six different videos out of that. Yeah. So we're pretty um, uh, well marketed as far as our social media goes, but there's certain aspects I think we can get better yeah. on as in, up until this point, my theory of if we haven't had people coming back to the gym or people um, cancel their memberships, my, in my opinion up to this point has been, because we don't do contracts for our memberships. I don't know if that's a thing in gyms in the US. Um, no, it is. Go ahead. Yeah, um, we use a system, we have had that in the past in when we were in the other facility that burned down. Um, it caused a lot more problems, I think, than um, what it actually solved. Yeah. So I, people can pay direct debit through their bank, but it's not a contract. We use something called Go Cardless, which links up to our gym software. Um, but when somebody cancels, up until this point, it was like, why, why should I, why should I make somebody come or make them feel that they should keep yeah. coming if they don't want to be there? Mm. That's kind of been my opinion. And also, right, why should I waste time on chasing a hundred people and only maybe get one of those people to stay? It's kind of, in my opinion, it's been yeah. that kind of maybe wasting time, which is wasting yeah. money. 
But marketing is a really, really big challenge for our industry yes. because yeah. of exactly what you said, right? Um, I mean, you, we have we have the content. Our son is a, a professional videographer. We have great pieces of information to share. What do we do with that information? How do we spread it to the right people in a cost-effective manner? If we could solve that challenge today, all three of us would be far richer than we are yes, today. Yeah. So the, the, the strangest thing is we do so much in a facility. And as far as, as I said, we do um, posing courses, judges seminars, we do um, training seminars, we do everything. But the most bizarre thing is we will have hundreds of people come to the gym for them. Very, very few are our members. Very few. They'll travel from all over the country all over the country to come and spend time, God knows why, but come and <laughs> spend time with us and, and listen to what we say. But we offer this to everybody, but yet there are our own members that are actually on our own doorstep won't come. Yeah, and it's like local, bizarre. because we're, um, we're quite well known throughout the UK as far as competitive bodybuilding goes because of the judging and involved in uh, organising events. We get people traveling from all over the country. We train, so again, like I said, I mentioned earlier about the friend in Dubai, he's actually a pro bodybuilder. Now he came over to the UK, he was doing a, a big pro show, um, in, when was that, September? Mm -hmm. He actually stayed with us and trained with us for three months in the run up to that show. We were training him three times a day. Um, which was great content for social media, et cetera. So as a consequence, we get people from all over the UK coming to the gym to visit, but that's only a one-off session. Yeah. Those people will yeah. buy products as in T-shirts, supplements, et cetera. But ultimately the money is the local people who will yeah. pay monthly day in, day out for the gym. Yeah. And it's trying to, it's maybe we need to locally blow our own trumpets a little bit more mm. to say, right, this, guys, this is, and we're not, we're, you know, we're not um, big headed people, you know, we're not, you know, oh, look at us kind of thing. Yeah, we put our stuff on social media, but what you see, what we're, how we are here is how we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I find that the, the challenge, and, and it sounds like where you guys are at a headway is that, it's not necessarily that we're trying to poach clients from other gyms near us. I think first and foremost, the, the, the market that we need to talk about is the people that aren't working out at all. Yes. Yeah. Right. There's, I'm sure there are loads in every city around the world there. That's the, that's the true challenge here. How do we get in front of those people in a way that makes sense for the business financially and in a way that makes sense for their mindset to get them in just to through the doors, right? Yeah. Before we can have any conversation about membership or personal training or any of that, we just need them to get into the facility, right? Marketing is a really, really big challenge for all of us here. And of course, now, sorry, but where we are in South Wales, there's more independent gyms in South Wales than anywhere else in the world. In our hmm small little area literally with just where we are with we're four facilities in a matter of what not even 100 yards yeah you know so the challenge yeah. is you say is to get the people in but it's almost as if at the moment south wales is saturated with facilities 
So that's yeah. why we have to try and be diff not, not, not yeah. different. Knowing knowing that, what do we do about it? Right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And offering something more than your average facility. Um, but after lockdown, and I know we don't want to go too much about lockdown, is the biggest thing that hit um, South Wales and gym facilities, which we were adamant on not doing, is everybody doubled their prices. So their monthly fees went up 100%. And we kept ours the same. So why should people that come out of lockdown now pay double the money? I just didn't understand it. So we've kept our... Uh, monthly fee the same as it was um, right more or less from the beginning and yep. even that is absolutely sound investment because do you think that you'll need to to increase it at any point or are you happy with where it is well at the moment in the uk we are going through i'm a, sure everybody a is. cost of living yeah, crisis quite a um, quite an economic recession yes so um electricity gas prices are, are literally skyrocketing in the uk um fuel for your cars has increased it has actually leveled off a little bit lately but cost of food is just literally going up every week yeah now again i what i recently actually i've um put together um, a video and a few images with my son where I've made an offer because what's happened is because I've noticed a few gyms putting their prayer prices again, which to be honest, I think is probably not a great move. Okay, so maybe their fuel prices, their heating prices are going up. But the problem is if you increase your prices, you will, obviously you're going to make more money per individual but then there's people who are going to cancel their memberships as well so they're probably going to even out so they're still going to be you know financially the same yeah pros and cons yeah exactly so i'm the plan is unless our electricity prices do skyrocket but they've kind of been the same in the gym at the moment um so monthly memberships, I, I haven't changed, but I've started to do an offer for a yearly membership, which um, at a reduced rate, but if they pay for the whole of 2023, they get the rest of this month free. So essentially they're getting 12 and a half months. Um, and, you know, there's quite a few people taking it up. Um, a few people have said, oh, will you hold on to it for me until you know, Christmas until the new year, which is fine. And I think that's done us some good at the moment. But also it's, what it's done is really been um, verbally encouraging because so many people are getting on board with it and things like that. So, I mean, that that's good as well, you know? So, yep. yeah, it's all good. Yeah, so I've kind of marked yeah. that as in, look, everyone else is putting their prices are going up everywhere, but right here's an offer for you guys. You know, we kind of have been saying, look, we feel a gym should be for everybody and not dependent on how much money, how much income you've got. Um, And it seems beyond all of that, guys, we can't control the economy. We can't control pandemics. We can we can sit back and hope that the politics of the world sorts itself out. Hypothetically, with me for a minute, things return to whatever normal is, I'm not sure any of us know what normal is anymore, but <laughs> yeah. things get back to that, 
What's your goal for this gym and this business long-term? Where are we looking to take things? <laughs> good question. Very good question. We don't know. To be no, determined, maybe. Yeah, no, we do, because we want we want the facility to be at least twice the size. Interesting. Okay. So, but obviously at the moment, and exactly as you say, while the economy is it is, that is on the back burner. But ideally, it would be at least twice the size. Um the sides that I would like to bring in is not necessarily classes per se um, because we went and something that we did which was um, quite good is we went away to France a um, little while ago and there was individual pods in their facility and I really like that idea of introducing pods so as you say as much as um, I'd like to see that everybody comes in and is happy in all the surroundings. Some people are not that confident to be part of a class. Some people are not that confident to go into the um, weight bearing side. Some people are not that confident. So I would like to have individual pods for, to encourage people that maybe don't have that confidence to be part of the um, gym facility per se, but are happy to be fit. So, um, which was brilliant because you could go in the pod and you could more or less choose any activity you like in there on your own. So yeah. just little things like that would be good. But, um, so where, where would you like to go, Mike? Um, yeah, as they're, they're kind of maybe scoping the future to increase the size yeah. of where we are. Um, also, a target of mine would be, because we, we pay rent on the facility, a target of mine would be to eventually buy the building. Yeah. So paying a commercial mortgage, one is cheaper than paying a commercial rent. Then also, as Lisa said previously, that that would be kind of our retirement. So even if we were to sell the gym or have somebody else take it over, we could still charge rent on the building and that would be our retirement income etc um we're we've got some good staff in the gym yeah um it was as you well know it's it's long days in a in a gym um but we're I, the the group of staff that we've got is allowing me so like we're filming this i left the gym at 6 30 this evening up until fairly recently, I'd be there till 9, 9 p.m. every night. Um, so I've got some good staff now. So I can, not completely, but I can, to some extent, come and go as I please. Step back a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's natural for, for those of us in the industry. I'm sure when you guys opened, you were the oh, head yeah. trainer, you were the head of marketing, you were the head janitor. Yes. You wear all of these hats, and, yeah, and yeah. somewhere along the way, we we delegate these responsibilities. And I think, if I'm understanding correctly, not necessarily that we're looking to to exit the business tomorrow, but no. we want to have that option if that ever comes across as a thought in our mind. And I think planning with some some foresight really, really sets you up for success far better than not. 
So yeah, yeah. it'll yeah. Uh, it'll all shake out as the economy plays out, I guess. But we all realize we can't. We and you shouldn't live for today. You shouldn't live for today. You've got to think of tomorrow always. Yep. You know, and yep. I mean, the thing is, though, I suppose we've learned that as we've got older. You know, as you say, when we were in our 20s and 30s, it was life was great. Then you go to your 40s and your 50s, and then all of a sudden you think, oh, life is getting a bit shorter. So, oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. But I think what we've done more than anything, certainly um, not just in this facility, but in most of them, but this in particular, is reinvest. Reinvest. That's what we do. And the thing is, that is such a positive thing for all members to see that their money and their memberships are being invested back into the facility and they all get so excited when there's another piece come in or they know something else is coming on the on the scene brilliant but what we've done in our facility more than anything is we pick our um, pieces of kit individually it's not blanket you know, it's not one make of anything. We pick the best pieces that we like because we still train so passionately and we are so passionate about the fitness industry. Yeah. But we don't just think of the label. We don't think it looks nice. We don't think we pick the best. So then we know that our members are going to have the best experience. Yeah, I was, I was having It's important to still have that pulse on, on how things operate. You know, yeah, I can think, never get too distanced from, no, from the product um, itself. No, as Lisa said, we still really enjoy uh, our own training, and a few of the members have recently said to me, "It's great to see a gym owner actually training in their own facility." <laughs> it's rare, unfortunately, it's rare. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, and the way I mean, like you say, we we travel all over the UK. You say judging bodybuilding shows. It was all over the world at one time. Um, I've recently, I've been to Canada with uh, our friend that's the pro bodybuilder. He did a show in Canada and we went, we were in the, we went to the West Coast where he competed. I trained in a gym there with him. Then we went to Toronto pretty much for a week and we trained in a huge facility there, uh, Pure Muscle and Fitness. It's like a 35,000 square foot gym. Um, great equipment, but I would rather train in my own gym. So that kind of... That's an important aspect to all of this, Mike. I think when we yeah. talk about marketing or when we talk about sales or any of this, if we don't believe in our own product, nobody else is going to move. 100%. In. How yeah. can we sell yeah. something that we don't believe in? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we're running a bit shy on time here, but I want to, to save a handful of minutes at least. I really appreciate your willingness to share all aspects of this, the good and the bad, when it comes to running a business. I'm excited to see the future because it sounds like we still have a couple of tricks up our sleeve. So <laughs> yeah, there's places for now. Yeah, there's there's still moves to be made. For now, we are out of time, but I wish you guys nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but... 
Don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me in the show is Victor from the X House Performance Center in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Welcome to the show, Victor. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing tremendous today, Victor. Thank you for asking. And you know, I'm also excited to have you on the podcast here today because I did some research into your gym facility before we got on here, and it's very intriguing to me. But before we dive into the business side and all the nitty gritty details, you know, I'm curious, when you first got into this gym business, what was the pushing factor that made you make the jump? Um, it, so, you know, this was always a part of my life, my whole life. I just didn't realize it was going to be something I was going to do professionally. Um, and so, you know, as a young kid, you know, doing a lot of activities, it was something that I absolutely loved. I loved the culture about it. I loved the way that I felt after training. I loved the people that I met. Uh, it was just always such a positive influence in my life, uh, being in activities, uh, healthy activities like this. It could be running, boxing, any whatever the situation is. And so long story short, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I was younger, except possibly either maybe be a law enforcement officer or walk, work in uh, actually like space science. I had a big interest in space science, like meteorology and things like that. So I ended up joining the Marine Corps. Uh, to uh, kind of make a you know, decision based off, you know, maybe once I get out of the Marine Corps, I'll, I'll go, I'll figure out my path. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, once in the Marine Corps, you know, I start amplifying, bringing people in. It's, it ends up being attached to me, fitness, you know, PTing, uh, running, things like that. Um, and then, you know, I used to situate these like little groups Every base that I was at, I would situate little fitness groups, Not nothing compensated. It was just things that we would get together at the time. Mm -hmm. And again, it was the only thing that I truly thought made me extremely happy every single time. And, uh, you know, I get out um, of the Marine Corps um, and uh, I end up studying, starting this buddy run. Uh, this buddy run uh, started with a buddy of mine. We would meet every Tuesday night. We'd get individuals together. We'd run. We'd do little fitness things here and there. It was more of a community event. And this is while I'm working and going to school and, you know, again, noticing that my passion for this is growing and growing and growing. So I end up getting a certification and, and personal training. And at this time, I'm also in a nursing track because I was like, you know, I want to get into a, an area that I could possibly travel. And it was consistent, you know, medical was always, you know, something there. Um, and I was working through a bunch of different facilities and things like that. One of my buddies uh, ended up opening his own training facility. He was like, Hey, I'd like for you to come work for us. And I was like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll come check it out, show support, work at the facility. It was a big, big commercial space, kind of consistent with like, you know, like a lifetime or an LA fitness or something like that. I was very grateful for the opportunity, but I, I had a feeling that that aspect of the training facility wasn't for me. Uh, meaning that I wanted a, something that was a little more intimate, the setting. Uh, I noticed that people were coming in and out. You really didn't know who was coming in and out. There wasn't, I don't know, it just, it was just different. It wasn't something that 
I was into, I was so big on like the camaraderie of like a family oriented environment being in the service, you know? Mm-hmm. So then um, another buddy of mine ended up owning a facility in the private sector. He invited me out and he was like, Hey man, I would really love for you to come to the space. So, you know, I think my last, last opportunity went there. This was more in the private sector now working in strength and conditioning, sports performance, and some general population ended up falling in love with it. From there, um, I ended up going to school, getting a degree in sports medicine. This is where I'm like, yo, this is what I really want to do, you know? Um, so I invest, you know, back into my schooling. And then what I ended up doing is that I ended up, uh, taking a lot of the resources I was getting from training and I invested a ton in mentor mentorships all over the United States. So I'd look at a camp and I'd be like, man, I really like what they do. And I would reach out to a specific coach or a program. And I say, Hey, you know, uh, I would like to mentor under you. Uh, you know, what, what is that going to cost me? I'll go out there for a week, a week and a half, two weeks. And I went to some of the best camps in the nation just so I can submerge myself in the industry. Um, you know, throughout this entire process, my passion is continuing to grow. My business is growing. We're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and at this time, I en- end up moving to another facility that was a little bit bigger, had a little bit better opportunity. From there, I think that's where we had the biggest blow up. We were just becoming massive. We were, it was just becoming too overwhelming, even for the facility that we were at. And then after that facility, that's where I was like, okay, um, you know, I'm working different jobs as well and then doing this part time. I took the jump and I was like, Hey, I'm going to, man, I'm going to take this full time, super scary day of my life. Cause you know, you're risking everything to do this, you know? Uh, and then from there I, I make the big jump and, you know, I'm trying to shorten up a really deep story, but uh, pretty much that's how it all came down. And then uh, ended up partnering with a jujitsu facility, then opening up my own facility. And now we're over here at this space. Um, and so now uh, it's pretty cool. We have a really cool niche with uh, sports performance and athletics. And then we also work in the education sector with like NASM. Uh, we, we do a lot of teaching for their coaches that are coming in new. So it's, it's just been really cool. And I've seen some of the opportunities that it has opened up even outside of just like fitness, you know, mm-hmm. it's been a beautiful thing. So that's kind of the story behind all this, starting off of something that I would do in my neighborhood that made me feel good to now being compensated and enjoying my job and my work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where we're at today. So, yeah, that is an amazing backstory, Victor. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. And also thank you for your service. Appreciate uh, I appreciate it. it. And I bet that a lot of our listeners appreciate that as well. Appreciate it. Um, wow, man, that's a very impactful backstory. I just love to hear that. And, you know, one of the things that came to my mind there was who you are, you're coachable. And that's what you really mentioned there. Like you're open to going to mentors, just learning, 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 being willing to experience new things. I mean, big box gym, studio gym, and then partnering with the jujitsu guy. It's like, everything's amazing, man. So I'm curious, you know, for my understanding and the listener's understanding of who you are and what it is that you do, why don't you give us your elevator pitch of your gym facility? Yeah, I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, we're a private facility. Every session here is coach. So what I like about that is that every client that comes in, we know them, we get to know them. Uh, and I feel like that has a lot to do even on the, you know, re- the retention sector, keeping people training. Cause you know, that's probably the biggest thing maybe that you speak to with a lot of owners is people being consistent in training. And I think that because we get to know every individual and their wants and needs, it allows us to be a little more unique in our programs, but uh, we work in a one-on-one setting uh, pretty much three big settings are one-on-one, semi-private, which is usually up to three or four, and then a small group setting. Um, and it's really nice. So we get to kind of 
you know, depending on what the individual comes in and what kind of setting they love to enjoy, we can kind of set them in there based off, you know, their goals and, and their situation. Um, and then we also offer assessments here. Uh, and then we work with a really great amount of professionals in our industry for dietetics. So if somebody comes in, they got some issues uh, nutrition wise, we have a really good referral system where we have PT, dietetics, uh, anything that we need, we have access to. And the most beautiful thing about it is that we all have a similar message, meaning that if you come to me with a problem, I can refer you out and you're not going to get something completely, you know, opposite, you know, you're going to have a legit support system. And that's what I love about our team here. If, if a client comes in, you have a, like pretty much an organization supporting you versus if you see a lot of times in just general facilities, you know, sometimes you see almost like a little war zone within their own camp. Here it's this is that's why I feel like it's just such an undefeated phenomenal thing that we got here, mm -hmm. and so that's what we do here, and uh, we're really happy, and we're we're really trying to dig into the education space now. Yeah, so the three main services there: are the small group, semi-private, and one-on-one. -on -one. So with those three services there, I'm curious, you know, how many clients are you serving right now in your facility? I would say with everybody here, small group, one-on-ones, and then everything that we do outside of here, because we also have an online sector, I would say we're around in the 100, 100 client. Okay. So 100 clients right now, what's the size of the facility? We're 4,000 square feet. Oh, wow. That's a pretty big facility, Victor. Yeah. So 4,000 square feet throughout hours of the day. Um, so, you know, we're not going to have 100 people in here at one given shot, you know? That's crazy if you did. Yeah. 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 So max... What I like about it too, is that because it's a, an intimate setting, even though it's bigger, mm -hmm. you can have multiple coaches working with their clients and it's like legitimately like a party inside of our facility. You know, like mm -hmm. we're all training together in a way, but everybody's on their different programs with their coaches, which is, it's such a vibe. It makes the workspace so enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I checked out on your uh, Facebook page. There were some coaches with some clients. I was like, dang, the environment there seems pretty, pretty awesome. But yeah, um, we, yep. so a hundred members right now at the 4,000 square feet. I'm curious, you know, and also for you to think, what do you think is the max cap in that place? Where do you want to go with this business, Victor? I, I feel like for our square footage right now, um, it's, it's a, I, I'm pretty consistent. I think it's a good place for the numbers. I mean, you can always grow your facility, um, but I would like to grow it like in just different areas, even outside of training, like, you know, coming in for, you know, pretty much having multiple businesses within a business, meaning that mm -hmm. we have a, you know, a set amount of clientele getting, you know, assessments every single month, uh, people coming in for training, people coming in re for recovery services. So it's, it's kind of nice and it makes the job a little bit different throughout the day. And you get to see a lot of aspects of our industry. Mm -hmm. um, but I always feel like there's always room to grow and get better and get bigger. And, um, but I, I feel like for where I'm at currently, I'm really happy where I'm at, it gives me enough freedom to where I could train my clients, have balance. I can travel around a little bit. I can move around and I'm not, I'm not a prisoner to the space. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's a big thing. You, you got to find a sweet spot to where you can grow the business, but you also need to be able to enjoy yourself and, and find that freedom to, because, you know, as us as coaches, you know, I want to have session one energy in the beginning of the day, as well, all the way down to my last session of the day. Mm -hmm. And you see that a lot. You see a lot of uh, burnout. And I feel like in our industry, especially me doing this for such a long time. And one of the biggest things in a facility is culture and energy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so I feel like where we're at now is a, an amazing space. Um, I think in the future, being 
a bigger presence on online is always a win too, because you, you also have people out, outside your community, your, you know, your organic community. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say I'm fairly happy on what we're doing right now, honestly. Um, it's just been a nice situation. It's mm -hmm. taken some years to get it to where we wanted to get it. So, yeah. So you just brought me right to my next question, Victor. There are three ways to grow a gym business. First one is getting more members. Second one is maximizing each member. So getting more yes. money from them. Yep. The third one is keeping them longer. So yes. going into 2023 here, Victor, what's your main priority? That's a good question. Um, I would say in 2023, I think one of the best things that you can absolutely have in a facility, and this is my opinion, is a, a client retention uh, or somebody that's in a client relations specialist, meaning that, uh, you know, you have us as coaches and people leading sessions and, you know, the business side, but I think having somebody designated to, for client relations outside of training, I think is a huge win, meaning that I have an individual, which I would love to bring in here at some point in time that reaches out to all our clients, you know, Hey, how's everything going? How's training going? If there's anything that we can do to help, you know, the, the little things that it's fairly tough to do when you start building and growing excessively, you know, bigger. I think having somebody in client relations is a win. Um, 2023 would be nice to have somebody that's involved in just keeping really good relationships with clients that are with us and maybe clients that were with us in the past, just mm -hmm. to reach out, say hello, not even to sell them on anything, just be like, Hey, our presence is still here. You know, we're still thinking about you. Um, I also think you can never ever do enough marketing being in certain uh, marketing spaces that maybe other facilities in the area and the community are not taking advantage of being in those sweet spaces. Uh, I would love to be in. And honestly, I, I have been falling in love in the education sector, you know, doing mentorships and hosting mentorships ourselves uh, and running conferences and seminars, uh, you know, outside or inside of our facility. So definitely client retention relations and uh, getting into the education sector. Okay. So for the retention, Let's just say you bring in someone or you decide to take it on yourself or someone else in the gym. Yeah. What would they do to consistently retain those clients? Would they offer up sales to get them more committed into the gym? Yeah. Would they only do the reach outs? What would they do? Yeah, that's a good question. So I would say initially, um, I would definitely like to spend a good six months. With a, and it might not be the best thing in the beginning, you know, because this would be something new for us. But having a client relations specialist that focused on just communicating with clients currently and just keep building a really good versus just, you know, I bring somebody in and they're instantly, hey, this is a new guy from here. How can we upsell sell you? And, you know, that would be the goal in the future. But I would really love at least for the next maybe the beginning of the six months to have somebody just focus on relationship building and like a trust factor with potential clients or clients that were with us. Hey, and just reaching out, you know, because I feel like I've noticed on certain things when you reach out to people without a hard sale, sometimes it gives you a sale. Sometimes you get what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, like you're approaching it with, with no commission breath. Yes, exactly. Like, so that would, that would be an awesome, like at least first six months of the year to get somebody just to be like, wow, like, man, this, this facility reached out to us. They asked how we were doing, how's training going, how's life going, but there wasn't no, there wasn't a sale at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And that's nice. And I would love to do that maybe for the first six months and then maybe reattack that. Hey, you remember, remember we reached back out to you, how's everything going? And then, you know, coming back a little bit harder, but I think that would be nice mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, with a lot of these things out there, 
there's always some kind of sale attached and you know we need to make sales to stay open you know but that is business yeah it's business you, you know you have to make sales but i also feel like coming at it in that direction might yield us bigger results hmm. without some kind of hard sale at the end but uh you know we also could get into merch you know, merch is a big one that we don't take advantage of as, as much as we should. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have a, a merchandise. Um, I, I really have a big, like a big faith in the, in the education sector. You have a lot of trainers coming out that go in and get certifications and degrees and they're legitly lost when they first come out. I yep. mean, it's really rare that you can get somebody to come out of college because I was like the same way when I got out of school too. Um, to get out of school or get out of a fresh cert and be able to train clients instantly. It's like, it, it sucks that schools and things don't prep us a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like the best things for me were mentorships, mm -hmm. like me digging hands on experience. Yeah. Hands on. Like, let's just say I reached out to you for your knowledge. And I was like, Hey, you know, can we set something up? Whatever your rate is, mm -hmm. I could spend a week with you and I just want to pick at your brain and figure out how you do things. And I could, you know, ultimately put my own twist to it, but I would love to offer something like that next year on a bigger scale to help new trainers coming in that can clear up the space a little bit, because mm -hmm. a lot of individuals, especially in our industry, come out extremely confused on a lot of things, the business, the training, the programming, the retention, there's a lot to it, you know, mm -hmm. instead of like just the science on the Krebs cycle, you get what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. So like just digging in the real truth on like, Hey, this is how this works. How to maximize each sector yeah. of running the business. Exactly. And yeah. uh, I would love to engage in that. And it makes me really happy. And then ultimately a lot of times you, you never know off these mentorships, you end up hiring really good people out of them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, it, it gives you a feel of different personality types and things like that. But I would definitely say for 2023, let's get into the education space. Let's get a nice retention uh, or, a client relationship specialist I think that's huge. Um, it's like, it's a feel good. You know, I've gotten emails from companies sometimes and they say, Hey, happy holidays. You know, we're just, thank you for whatever I made of, I might've bought from them almost two years ago or a year ago or something like that. And it's like, Oh, that was nice. And it keeps me in their head. Yeah. So if I need them again, I know I'm consistent follow up. Exactly. Yeah. Those things are awesome versus, Hey, um, Merry Christmas. I got the sale for you. Uh, get back over here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because ultimately I'm going to want to get, give them that sale again. Cause they reached out to me. It felt really good that they did that. Yeah. Cause and they, also, they earned it cause they built the trust there. And that's one of the most important things in our industry and business in general is the trust that's built between two people. Exactly. Uh, so I have a question for you here, you know, cause the main goal, well, main priority is the retention side. So yeah. What do you think right now in the business, Victor, is your biggest bottleneck that is keeping you from getting to that next level? Ooh, so honestly, and I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest with, with my own training clients and business, I'm extremely happy where, I, where I'm at. Um, I've been putting in places on how we're going to do, like for me, like one of my biggest things is doing mentorships. So what I did in place is that we worked a partnership with NASM. I've been getting a ton of experience on doing mentorships and different education, private education. Um, but for where I'm at, I've put in places and things in place so we can situate wherever we want to go for next year. Just like every year, you know, we always reinvest um, to make sure that we're able to grow. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't feel like there's really anything at a limiting factor for us. Um, Ultimately, too, um, another thing that we've always thought about is possibly expanding into South Florida. 
I think that's amazing market. I mean, South Florida market's becoming insane, Mm -hmm. uh, especially for the clients that we work with. Um, But I I think the biggest thing just in general is getting out there and doing some face-to-face stuff. I mean, you can't, that's, that's still the most, the best thing you can ever do. Uh, doing what we're doing right now, you know, we're face to face, we're talking, um, versus like just an email in itself or, you know, not ever seeing the individual. And, uh, but I think that's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, Everything else we've legitimately put in place to make things work the way that we want it to work. And I'm very happy with that. Honestly, um, I'm extremely happy with that. I am too. Yeah. It's always good to hear that. Yeah. The goal would just be, I would say is just to get the entire team to be on the same setting. Mm -hmm. You know, like to have everybody have that same drive. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's get out there. Let's get it. What did we do today to grow? You know, did we reinvest in our education? Did we reinvest in our knowledge? Did we reach out to our clients and ask them how they've been feeling or how they're doing? Those things go a very long way that people really don't understand. And it's all free. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really don't understand when people don't take advantage of those things. Victor, you literally just brought me into my next question. It's what's that one piece of advice that you wish you had when you first got into this gym business? Listen more, talk less. I would say listen more and talking less is huge because a client will tell you or anybody will tell you when you're listening, you could pick up a lot of things and it allows you to kind of fix a problem fairly fast when you can understand what's going on versus just constantly talking. Mm-hmm. So I think that by understanding the problem clearer is by listening more. And I think that just like anything else, I would say listening and being a, as appreciative as possible with the bads, the goods, and the subpars is the best thing that you can possibly do for me, looking back at everything. Always being appreciative no matter where the scenario is and listening more because you legitly can keep, a, like just in general, you can keep business by just listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because us humans, we want to be heard more yeah. than talked to. And they they even said something. It was really interesting. I was looking at a podcast or something, and it was saying that when they do interviews, what's really interesting, like if you go into um, an interview and the that person's asking you questions on why you want to work at this space, it was really funny. I don't know who told me, but it, it, he goes, you know, next time ask that business owner why they started their business and it legitimately will make you win that interview in a way because you get that business owner to talk about their business and, and you also not- get them emotionally invested yes. in the conversation yes yeah. and, it's, and it's true because if i go man i really appreciate the opportunity here i just wanted to know why possibly you opened up your business because this is so exciting and mm-hmm. now you get them to talk they're going to remember our that conversation very well and they say that that interview they remember it always as a positive when you can get the individual to talk more. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So again, it comes down to just listening because everybody has a really interesting and unique story. Yeah. Listen more, talk less. Thank yeah. you for sharing that, Victor. And I agree with you 100%. Um, but yeah, we are running short on time here. But before we sign off, where can our listeners find you on your social medias and your website? Also, I appreciate you. Uh, so our website is uh, www dot the xhouse.com or the xhouse.com and then uh i have my own instagram tag at trainer vic with two k's um on instagram and all my socials and then we have at the x house uh, on instagram as well they're very consistent across all our social media platforms awesome you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen 
Thank you for sharing that, Victor. And Victor, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today and sharing your learnings, insights, and you know your story about how you got in this business with our listeners. It's it was awesome, man. I appreciate you. And one last thing, collaborations is the king. Collaborate. Yes, sir. Networking, getting <laughs> yes. connections. Yes, sir. I agree. And to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Boards Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Alex West from Boost Your Body. He is in Nottingham and Sheffield in the UK. Welcome to the show, Alex. How are you today? Hi, yeah, good. I'm um, good, thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, quite excited to share uh, share stuff that we're doing and, and where we've come from, where we're going to and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, 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 good. A bit cold, but we'll get <laughs> I've over been it. Hearing that. I've been <laughs> hearing that a lot from the UK that it's cold over there, but I'm in Texas and it's still like 80 degrees, so I'm a little jealous. Uh, <laughs> um, but super excited. I'll be jealous it's warm, so... <laughs> We need to like trade some weather, but super excited to have you on, Alex. Um, before we jump into how you run the business, everything you have going on over there, first tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the the gym in the first place. Uh, yeah, so I guess my journey is a little bit atypical. Um, so I was always into kind of fitness and nutrition at school. Uh, I played rugby for the school. Um, and I thought about becoming a PT when I left about 18. Um, instead, my mum said, I need to get a uh, sensible job with a <laughs> long-term future, good pension, job security, and all the rest of it. So I went to university, qualified as a uh, town and country planner, um, which was which was okay. Uh, but I did that for kind of seven or eight years. Um, wasn't really my bag. Um, I sort of found it a little bit unfulfilling, uh, a little bit boring, if I'm honest. Um, and then the uh, 2008 recession happened. And uh, the business I worked for uh, struggled a bit. And it came to a crunch point where I was told there were two of us working on the same sort of level. And I was told that one of us had to go and work in Birmingham, which was kind of an hour and a half commute either way, uh, which probably i guess for american listeners won't sound like much but if you're uh, if you're british that's that's 
a long commute and my daughter was on the way as well so um definitely did not want to be doing that with a newborn baby so that's why i took the plunge i thought i'd qualify as a personal trainer and kind of stuck going down that route um so that's what i did it's amazing that's amazing so when did your first facility open what year was that uh so the the business started in actually started in 2013 um so business it started in november and it was me and two clients in a field in nottingham in the rain and the cold and the dark <laughs> and i uh, i very quickly thought i would rather be inside <laughs> <laughs> so uh started looking for somewhere uh somewhere to be in because i kind of um i think they call it a bootstrap but i didn't have loads of money to pump into it i was kind of working off the profits um obviously with then with the wife on maternity leave uh with a newborn baby it was uh challenging um so our first studio was in 2014 and studio was a very glamorous term for what was essentially a room in a multiple occupancy commercial building um it was probably the size of a large-ish front room so that was our first uh studio <laughs> if we're calling it a studio <laughs> yeah that's awesome you started from a field to a small studio to now you own three locations so that's amazing um i really want to get into how you were able to do that um and build the facility up but first tell us um what's your elevator pitch for boost your body how do you describe it to Someone who's never been in before, what services do you offer? All that good stuff. Yeah, so we've, um, I guess one of the benefits of COVID is we we took a real deep dive. So we defined our mission and our vision. Um, so our mission is uh, we empower women over the age of 40 to become stronger, fitter, slimmer, and more energetic. And we achieve this by delivering fitness programs in a positive and supportive environment that naturally fosters a sense of community. And it's all guided by inspirational instructors who truly understand our clients' needs. Um, so that's kind of what we do. We, in practical terms, we are a very simple business model. We work in groups of nine. Uh, so it's a small group, uh, 45 to 50 minutes per training session. Um, and we get people through a door on a six-week program. So it's very, very simple. Um, but that's who we're doing. That's who we work with. We are exclusively women age 40 and over. Um, so that's our, that's our niche. That's our bag. Cool. That's very interesting and unique. So what made you want to focus on women 40 and up? Where did that come from? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, I guess I'll, like everyone or most people, when I started, I was training anyone and everyone um, mm -hmm. to make ends meet just uh you know, guess whilst I was finding my feet in the industry. Um, and it kind of over time, it just the, the, the clients I enjoyed working with the most were, were that sort of demographic. Um, I, I typically find they're great clients because they've tried everything, you know, so they've kind of gone through the, the faddy stages and the, the quick fix stages, and now they're ready to, you know, they accept that now is the time we need something long term, more sustainable we've done all the janky stuff so now we're here for the the kind of solid nutrition advice training that sort of stuff so um it just felt like a natural fit really it was uh it is the client i enjoy training most and to be honest there was a bit of a gap in the market because i think maybe that sort of demographic isn't particularly uh flash to train um which sounds that's particularly pleasant i guess but uh 
I guess a lot of people prefer training younger, younger clients because they're, you know, you get more of the athletic, more not sort of that side of things. But, um, you know, the over 40s, particularly female, there was a real uh, dearth of uh, training options for them. So I wanted to, you know, it, it was a natural fit and I wanted to kind of um, go into that niche in the, in the sector. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that is a super overlooked category of people who really need help and fitness. Um, so yeah, I totally appreciate mm-hmm. that. I, I managed a studio too that was mostly 40 and up, a lot of women as well. Um, and a lot of them, you know, have like skewed ways of looking at food and exercise just through the years, poor dieting habits that were pushed on mm-hmm. them. So they really are um, a population that need, you know, real health and fitness advice and guidance. So that's awesome that, that you targeted. Yeah. Okay. yeah definitely it's incredibly rewarding as well you know um although I, I know we talked before i came on i don't don't really take any training sessions now because we've developed a team in the business but i still hear kind of all the um or a lot of the positive success stories mm-hmm. and you know they're, they're, they're really really rewarding um real life-changing stuff in some yeah. cases so yeah yeah i want to get into more of the business side now how many members do you have um per location Total. Uh, so we've got uh, so we've got three three studios. The most established one has about 170 clients at the moment, um, and then the other two have about 80 to 85 clients each. Um, they're newer, so we are aiming to grow those to about the same sort of level as the West Bridgeford studio. So typically for us, because we're a small studio uh, boutique, uh, once we get to kind of a hundred in 80 190 clients that's us full so um yeah we're not we're not far off yeah it sounds like that first location is getting getting close to maxed out so is your focus now building up mm-hmm. those other two to be kind of on the same level as the the uh, original location yeah sure that's definitely um so our sheffield studio is the newest one uh so that one in beeston we want to um grow to match the west bridgeford studio and also we've got quite quite big plans to open more um, in the coming years. So definitely a, a big focus on pushing forward now. Awesome. I love that you're goal-oriented and can see the growth and, and want more for the business. So that's the kind of people I really like to talk to. So that's awesome. How have you gotten um, the members in that you have now? What's been your strategy marketing-wise? Uh, we have tried a lot of stuff <laughs> with, with mixed results. The absolute uh, best thing for us is Facebook ads. Um, so we spend big on Facebook ads. We spend about £10,000 a month on Facebook ads. Um, that is our number one. Uh, the other the other things we do, referral. Um, we get a lot of client recommendations come through as well. Uh, but those, those are the two main things. But, you know, we've tried, we tried a lot of stuff. We tried leafleting. We tried local newspapers we've tried um gosh we've tried going out to events you know like wedding fairs and stuff like that but for us facebook is is kind of the the king very closely followed by uh, client referrals definitely tell us about the difference in in leads between handing out flyers or, or going to an event versus facebook ads yeah so um there's a few changes a few differences for me so the first thing i would say is facebook ads are a lot more targeted so um you know if you go to a wedding fair if you're niched 
although there might be, let's say for the sake of argument, a thousand people at the wedding fair, of those, you know, some will be males, so they're not our target client. Some will be uh, under 40, so again, not our target client. So you might go to a, go somewhere that's advertised, you know, we've got a thousand visitors and actually maybe a hundred of them are, are for us. Yeah. And then of those hundred, you have to then, you know, capture their attention. They have to be in the right moment. Whereas Facebook, it's consistency with Facebook. You can, um, you, you can specify where you want your adverts to go. So we only share our adverts to women over 40 within seven kilometers of our studios. Um, you get the repetition. So you get the brand awareness. Uh, you get people who, you know, we've got people on the sales calls, they say they've seen our adverts for years. They've never done anything with it, but then finally they've got to the right space in their, in their life. And guess who's top of mind? It's us. And that's why they've come and joined us. So that, that's the main difference. Facebook is great at putting the target advert in front of your client on a repetitive basis. So, you know, when they are ready to take that leap, it's you they're going to leap to. Definitely. Yeah. Facebook ads is something that is in their home with them. They're going to see it over and over again. Whereas like a show, you know, they meet you once and probably forget, you know, after a couple of days. So yeah, definitely agree yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> um, do you run the Facebook ads yourself? Do you delegate that to someone else? How does that work? Uh, at the moment, I run them myself. So I spent a lot of time learning uh, how to do them properly and efficiently. Uh, I had a really, really good business coach for that. Um, he taught me taught me everything I know on Facebook ads effectively. Um, so at the moment, I run them myself. Um, as we grow, I'll outsource them. Um, I kind of, uh, <laughs> I'm a bit loath to outsource them at the moment because we've, we've got it down pretty well. So it doesn't take a lot of time now. Um, so it's, you know, it's an extra cost to the business, but as we increase our number of studios and I get busier pushing the kind of progress of the business, that's when I'll need to outsource that work. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So once you have leads in from the Facebook ads, how do you turn them into clients? What's kind of like the sales journey there? Uh, so it's application. Um, so client will see the Facebook ad. They mm -hmm. will like what we're talking about. Um, they'll then go to an application page and they'll fill out a simple, I think it's about eight, nine question application form, um, just with basic information, uh, what they're looking to achieve, what they've tried before. Um, that goes through to our sales team. So we've got two ladies on our sales team who then I text them to book in a call. Uh, speak to them on the call, explain more about the program, find out more about them, check they're a good fit, um, and then uh, sign them up over the phone, book them in for their first session, and then down they come. Um, we've spent a lot of time kind of refining the process, so now the system is quite, uh, quite streamlined, quite slick, and very much not pushy. So we, we're not, you know, we don't do limited offers, we don't do... You know, if you say yesterday, you'll get this, you'll get that. It's here's what we do. You think it's a good fit. We think you're a good fit to us. Would you like to do it? Um, you know, it's, it's quite straightforward, very non pushy sales, but very efficient. So. Awesome. Um, okay. So what are you doing differently in the new studios versus the one that's been open for a while? Is there a different strategy for those two versus, you know, like your flagship location or do you kind of market the same for all of them? Uh, we market the same for all of them. The The advantage of the newer studios have is we've kind of trial and errored everything on the <laughs> on the more established studios. So we, we kind of know what works and what doesn't work. Um, 
so if you know if the more established studio has been there for eight nearly nine years um you know probably six years of that was trial and error testing different stuff seeing what worked what didn't work how we could refine what does work make it more efficient and you know the other two studios just benefiting from that that work that we've done over the years yeah that's interesting how do you keep everything the same between all three locations how do you keep it like a cohesive brand i guess uh yes yeah, so we have uh structures to the workouts that we design so everyone will follow the same process when designing a workout to do in the studio that studio managers um the same delivery so we when we take on board uh, new team members to deliver those sessions we kind of bring them up to speed on how we would expect a booster body session to be delivered what it would look like what it would feel like uh, we get new team members to come on board and supervise training sessions before they join the team and then take some sessions uh, whilst being observed by studio managers just to make sure they're delivering in the right way because we have a very specific style that we do um facebook ads facebook ads you know the same ad copy um just telling people what we do and then obviously every studio has the same look and feel about it so it's the same sort of size it's the same sort of location it's the same colors inside it's the same equipment um so it's like a systems copy and paste for each location but then where where you get your individuality is the personality of the trainers personality of the clients and that's where it it all starts to come together into a, a kind of on-brand but cohesive approach. Definitely, yeah, I think that's awesome. Important to have systems in place that are replicatable as you continue to grow as well. Um, what are your growth 100%. goals? 100%. Yeah, what are your growth goals? Do you see more studios opening? Tell me about that big picture. Big picture, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so the, the kind of short, medium term, uh, we want to have seven studios by summer 2026. So that's another four um after that we want to go as big as we can so my longer term aspiration is to have a boost your body uh, pt studio in every city in the uk um i also have this uh ideal in my head that i'd like to open up what we do to more of the population so there might be people who perhaps can't get to the studio um people who perhaps uh can't afford what we do because we're fairly top end um mm. so i would like to make what we do accessible to everyone um every woman over 40 is the ambition to reach with boost your body whether that's by a studio that they can go to in person or some sort of online process um assuming that works maybe we'll move into europe yeah maybe that's us yeah, over here. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, the, the more the merrier. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so what do you think is your biggest bottleneck right now that's keeping you from seven studios? Uh, the biggest bottleneck, probably COVID. <laughs> it's taken a big lump out of us. Uh, we've got a cost of living crisis and a recession, which is uh, not especially fun at the moment, although we are still growing, which is good. Um, so it's probably a little bit of a cautious cautiousness on my part. So I've got two young kids and um, mm. what I don't want to do, although I have growth plans and aspirations, what I don't want to do is kind of put my chips all in and get it wrong 
and then go bust <laughs> and then have nothing and then you know all the rest of it so just a little bit of cautious mindset still on my part just you know teasing things out seeing how the next 12 months plays out um assuming it, it doesn't impact us as much as we as we think you know we don't think it's going to have a big impact on us and it's not so far assuming that stays to be the case then we'll have that confidence to to start pushing and start growing um expanding students uh, expanding students expanding studios reaching more people achieving our goals yeah i know the the cost of living is is getting super expensive over there in the recession so i feel like your sales mm. process now is more important than ever would you agree that you there's more of a an urgency to like prove your value when somebody comes in yeah i think so i think um yes we're confident in what we do we know we know for a fact what we do works because we've seen it happen so many times so many clients come in and made amazing progress with us that we have that confidence that we know what we're doing works we're fairly towards the top end of the price range for small group training um and that's a deliberate positioning because we know our value um we know what we're worth and we know when the results we get for people so we're, I guess we're, we're lucky we're established. We don't have to chase. So we, people go, well, why do you have an application form? Why, why, why aren't you be more proactive to get to people? Well, the application form is there to kind of weed out people who perhaps aren't necessarily committed to the making that change in their life. They're not committed to nutrition. They're not committed to training. If they're not going to fill out a nine questionnaire form, are they going to read a nutrition plan? Are they going to think about their meals for the week? Are they going to consistently turn up to training? And so because we're established and we've got that kind of confidence behind us, we, we just keep it very simple. We just explain what we're doing. This is what we do. This is how it will help you. Would you like to join? More often than not, it's yes. Sometimes it's no. Um, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, definitely. How do you keep up with um, like retention? How do you make sure people are being consistent um, coming in and, and sticking with your programs? We just make sessions great fun. <laughs> we have so many, so many clients who have come in and, and said, this is the first thing I've stuck to in years. Um, you know, it's all about getting the right team members in. So although I'm kind of sat here as the the face or voice, I guess, of Boost Your Body, really Boost Your Body is everyone's effort. So it's the team members who deliver the training sessions and we make sure that we bring the right people on board. So they make a great experience for clients. And well, I think our clients really appreciate that and they feel supported. They feel like they're in part of a community. Um, and for a lot of people, they've been with us. You know, we've got clients who've been with us for six, seven years um, and they wouldn't dream of going anywhere else because that client experience we deliver is, is brilliant. Um, you know, our team are amazing. So it's just all about the, you know, it's everything you provide for the client. They've got to feel valued. They've got to feel like they're part of the community. They've got to feel recognized. Um, uh, and I think we do that really well. So that's the main thing. We have a loyalty reward scheme. Um, a lot of people we give it to say, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. I'd just come because I really enjoy it. But we do like to recognize our clients and we like to, you know, say thank you for supporting us through for the years. So we do have that. But but mainly it's about the experience. If the client experience is up to scratch, people will stay. If they don't find it, um, that good then that's probably when your attrition rate will go high so 
yeah, just create a good client experience. That's what I'd say. Definitely. Yeah, totally. Um, making people feel like they're not just like a number, um, having exactly. fun classes for sure. I think that's so important. Um, especially, you know, when they have the option to go to a big, like commercial gym, like the reason that they come to you is, is for that personalized attention and for fun. And so, yeah, I definitely think that's super important to hone in on. Um, mm. Before we close out today's episode, what would be a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is looking to open a gym? What's something that you wish you would have known back in 2013 before you started the business? Gosh. Mm. <laughs> where, where, where do I start? Um, I think the one thing, the one real thing that I've kind of come to learn is when you're starting out, little things that perhaps go wrong, like a client leaving or a client being unhappy, feel really impactful. Mm -hmm. um, but what you, what you kind of quickly learn is that you can't please everyone all the time. And sometimes people just aren't a good fit for you. And to just accept that. Um, and just, you know, just, just focus on the ones you can help. The ones that want to be there will be there. Uh, the ones that don't want to be there will leave. And that's fine. That's just part of the process. There's plenty of clients to go around. Don't stress yourself about it. That's what I'd say. So the little things that kind of seem really bad at the start when you just started out, when you get more established, you'll look back and go, actually, it wasn't that bad after all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think as entrepreneurs we can take it really personally when someone doesn't like a service or doesn't have the best time because that's our whole life is this service that we're giving them so it's super easy to take that personally totally. yeah 100% 100% you know, you know when I saw that and I had like a, a, a newborn baby if someone would leave I'd think ah you know like what oh, oh and almost kind of take it personally and what you've got to do yeah. is just go it's fine they're not a good fit for us there are plenty of clients out there for everyone Exactly. Yeah. That comes back to like that, that lead generation. Like you'll have plenty of people coming in that, that will appreciate your, your services that you offer. So, well, Alex, thank exactly. you so much for everything that you shared with us today. Um, this has been super insightful. Please tell us where can we find you? What's your Facebook um, website, all your social media? Yeah. So if you uh, just look for boost your body, so boostyourbody.co.uk is our website. Um, on Facebook, we're also boost your body. We are on Instagram. Uh, we don't do masses with it, but we're there. Uh, so yeah, if you want to look us up, boostyourbody.co.uk. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alex. Boostyourbody.co.uk, everyone. Check it out. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.